Did you miss your favorite WXVU show? Have no fear, because every single WXVU show is available on demand. You heard that right, every single show. Search WXVU on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll find archives of all of our weekly shows. It's another reason why this truly is the greatest semester in the history of Villanova's V891, The Roar. And welcome into Sports Sakes with Jake here on a very somber, mournful, dreadful, nightmarish Monday here at Villanova University. And as always, we are coming to you live from the Villanova University. And I'm not as enthusiastic today because, uh, for obvious reasons, the Eagles lose an absolute heartbreaker last night to the Kansas City Chiefs 38-35 <clears throat> your final from Glendale Arizona um I don't know I I just really thought we had this one up by 10 at halftime looked great um and I mean you just got to give credit to where credit's due I mean the Chiefs are just really good uh Mahomes is an all-time great Andy Reid's a Hall of Fame coach kind of showed in that second half. Um, I mean, I thought the Eagles offense, like we talked about before, Zach, um, and by the way, <laughs> from Spearfish, South Dakota, Mr. Zach Tipton, how you doing tonight, buddy? Sorry, I forgot the Hey, no, it's intro. fine. I know you're you're a little upset tonight, yeah. but uh, as a, just a fan of the game, it was a great game, so I had, I had a really I had a really good night because I just thought it was a really great yeah. game to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, uh, obviously it's a classic. Obviously came up on the losing end of it. Um I don't know. I mean, I thought, like I said, I thought the offense played extremely well. I mean, Jalen Hurts had 304 yards passing, 70 rushing yards, four total touchdowns. He really was an absolute only, beast. Really, the only blemish was that uh, fumble where he kicked it away, and then they returned it for a touchdown. But besides that, that was really the only blemish on the card for, for Hurts in this one. I mean, to me, I truly thought there was a possibility that Jalen Hurts uh, would have a chance to come only one like the second, I think. MVP, Super Bowl MVP of a team that lost. Yeah. Like, I thought that Jalen Hurts was the best player in this game. And to me, it wasn't even close. Yeah. Um, So, it sucks that the Eagles had to lose when he had such a great night. Mm-hmm. But that's just a statement to how good the Chiefs' offense is and how bad Jonathan Gannon really coached yeah, that defense, defense tonight. Yeah. That defense couldn't stop anything. A team that, as you all have pointed out multiple times, led the NFL in sacks. Had zero sacks last zero. night, um, None. which is absolutely insane and can't happen, um, and especially in a Super Bowl. But that just shows you how good the Chiefs line was. You know, we always knew the Eagles had a great line, but the Chiefs line performed incredibly well last yeah. night. They were destroying Eagles defensive linemen all night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, defense really picked a bad game to lay an egg, and, and this one was really where – it happened. I mean, you would think the Eagles score 35 points most of the time. They're going to win a game like this, and uh, it didn't happen. Uh, second half, they didn't even stop Kansas City one, at one bit. Um, I mean, there was two, at least two plays I can remember on the goal line that guys were, I mean, no one within no one was even 10 closer. yards. They perfectly, like, disguised it. Darius Slay got lost on one of them, and – I forget who the other one was. They got lost in the other, but Darius Slay definitely got lost on yeah. that 
on that. I, I want to say that was the uh, that was Kadarius Tony one, I believe. That Darius yes. like completely ran the opposite yeah, way and was, was nowhere bad. to be found on that play. So bad. it just when you're making all pros and guys like that just completely just lose their spot and completely plan. lose their defensive positioning, like you you know the offensive game plan's incredible and. It just shows again why Eric Bieniemy should have a head coaching job in this league. Yeah, really. And I really am upset that he still doesn't. Um, but it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, Mahomes completed only eight passes in the first half. Chiefs only ran 20 plays. But in the second half, he was 13 of 14. Two TDs and of course that huge uh, twenty-eight yard run that really he had two pretty big runs in that in that late in the, because he had that one that got him down like the ten yard line mm. where he like dodged a couple of guys. I'm like, where the hell is that ankle coming from? But yeah, three touchdowns and a game-winning field goal in the second half. That's just poor. I mean, they never defense. stopped him once in the second half. No, that that was it. Four 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 possessions and four scores. But also, the Chiefs even sense out the Eagles much in that second half no. either. That's the thing. It was no, because like we had that drive where we went right right down at the touchdown, a two-point conversion. Jalen Hurts had that, had that bomb to Devonta Smith yeah. that was like, it, when it looked like the Chiefs had all the momentum, and Hurts just threw that laser to, I don't know how Smith got that wide open. I kind of wish he would have just finished it right there, but yeah. it allowed Mahomes to get the octopus there with the with their touchdown, the two-point conversion on that mm-hmm. next play, but... Yeah, it just, just stinks that the Eagles could not get the ball back after that. The yeah, five minutes to go, like, never got the ball back. Well, they did well, with six seconds left. but And let's just talk about the elephant in the room for a bit. Let's talk about the thing we don't want to talk yeah, about, the, the holding <laughs> the call. quote-unquote um, It was a hold. Let's let's just be frank there. It was a hold, but it the shouldn't have been called. The problem was it wasn't called. called all game. Yeah, it wasn't called all night, and That's it probably shouldn't have been called. James Bradbury admitted he to did. holding. He did. He did admit to holding and said that he thought he would get away with it. And that entire game, everyone had been getting away with it. Yeah. But that one time they called it happened to be in probably the most key spot of the game when the Eagles would have got the ball back with almost a minute and a half to go in the game. And and a, I want to say they would have had a zero timeouts, but I believe. But because I think they'd use both their timeouts. But yeah. no, they would have had one, I think. But I'm not sure. Anyway, but no, that was still like... That holding call to me was way too ticky-tacky for the Super Bowl. Yeah. Way too ticky-tacky for that moment in yeah. time. Um, and shouldn't have been called. But it was a hold. I don't want anyone saying it wasn't a hold because it was a hold. It just shouldn't have been like... Yeah, it, just it wasn't, wasn't big like enough that. to be called yeah. based on how they were calling the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jalen Hurts, a masterful performance, 304 yards, 71% completion percentage, 70 rushing yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Uh, longest Super Bowl touchdown pass, um, which was the eight, an Eagles history. That was a bomb. A.J. Brown, that, that, was, that was a bomb. That was rocketed. Mm-hmm. Hurts became the first quarterback ever in Super Bowl history to, th- to throw for more than 300 yards, complete 70% of his passes without a pick. He did have that one fumble, though. Yeah, that that was a problem. Um, and like you mentioned, this offensive line for Kansas City, just they, they stepped up. No sacks for Reddick, Graham, Sweat, Hargrave, Cox. None of them. None. Zero. And I think the Chiefs only had two, I want to say, though, also. so, And I think they're both on Sayamalu. 
But I'm not. I'm not. I could. I want to say both of them were on Sam Alu, but I could be completely wrong with that one. Um, but I thought the rest of your line played pretty well, but you could tell that Sam Alu got ran over a bunch there, and he had a couple crucial penalties he as did. well. Um, but your line was fantastic this entire game, except for maybe those few blemishes on Sam Alu's part. Mm-hmm. And you always knew he was the worst O line of the five, but. He made a few big mistakes in that game. I thought that cost you guys some big moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought the biggest thing I took, or one of the big things I took away, was Kansas City's run game it was unbelievable. 156 yards, 6.8 yards per carry, 117 of those yards after halftime. It just seemed like any time they needed a big play, they would do a sweep or or some type of yeah, gadget draw even. Handoff, like it just was like, and they would get 10, 15, 20 yards. And the thing is, is they hadn't really been running the ball all season until like just recently when yeah. Pacheco started to kind of like figure things out. But man, Pacheco had a great game. Mahomes had a couple of big runs. Uh, Jarek McKinnon had a few big runs as mm-hmm. well. Like it just was everyone was running the ball for him. And for the Eagles, it was really just Gainwell. Like Miles yeah. Sanders did nothing, Miles and Sanders Jalen Hurts had a couple of big runs as well, obviously. But it was really just Gainwell. Yeah, that was really running the ball at all. Yeah, and to uh, kind of encapsulate your point, uh, Sanders, Gainwell, and Scott, uh, 17 carries for 45 yards, which is 2.7 yards per carry in this game. And that's not what your team does. That's not what your team does. That's not how your team wins games. I give a lot of credit to KC's defense for that. Yeah, they did exactly what no other team could figure out how to do, which was stop the run game, make Jalen Hurts beat you in the air, which he did. But completely take your defense out of completely take your defense out of this game, and make it a shootout because Kansas City wins in shootouts. We know that Kansas City is one of the best teams in the league in shootouts, um, because Mahomes is so good in those crucial moments, mm-hmm. um, and it feels like whenever you need a spot a play, Mahomes always makes it. We've never really seen Philly this year in a shootout. We've never really seen no. them this year have to play fast, play quick. And they were able to. But, again, your defense has been so good. You never had to really worry about that. But this time you had to put all the pressure on Jalen Hurts. Which is – I have no clue you guys lost this game, though. That's just what no. the point is. is because Jalen Hurts played well enough to win this game. Yeah, it was all in the defense in this one. Yeah, I I don't think you could you – could, you can even take him now. I thought Marcus Epps got burned a bunch. Especially he made that a, play like with Kelsey there. Yeah, he on that, and then he also, um, he made a really good. He did make a really good open field tackle on McKinnon there mid second half. Yes. But uh, but I thought Epps got burned a few times. Bradbury obviously with a crucial holding yeah. call, yep. but Bradbury didn't have the greatest night either. Um, and then obviously your cornerbacks got ran around there, but also just. No sacks. Like, your no. linebackers, I didn't hear your linebackers really mentioned at no. all in this game. No, they were invisible. Um, So, it was really that. And, to be honest, the Chiefs didn't really do much either besides Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton was the only Chief I really heard mentioned once in this game. Um, But, he did enough. He had that one defensive touchdown, and that was the key to this game. They won the turnover battle with that. Mm-hmm. Um. Obviously, another big play in this game was uh, the Kadarius Tony punt return. Yeah, that Went was all the way back to the five yard line. Yeah, actually, the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. That was 
I thought he was going. To, I thought he was going to get into the end zone on that one. But mm-hmm. no, that was that was crucial for the Chiefs because they don't get that field position like you guys still have a chance, right? Mm-hmm. That field position was key though. They got a quick touchdown out of that. Was that the touchdown to Kelsey or was that the touchdown? To Mc- was that the touch? Is that the other one to? Uh, that was Tony, I think. That was the Tony was touchdown? It? I don't know. It I might. figured we scored that after that, but it was that was a big, big momentum switch in the game because that was right before the Devonta Smith pass mm-hmm. that got the long guard play. But that was a momentum shifter for the Chiefs. They got him right back in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, first 12 games for the Eagles, they had 13. Or sorry, the first eight games, the Eagles had 18 takeaways. The last 12, they only had 13 takeaways. This game they had zero. Mm-hmm. Again, just kind of shows that the defense just, you know, didn't bring it last night at all. The Chiefs had one, I believe, and it was that fumble. Yeah, TD. fumble, scoop and score. Um. Also, I wanted to mention. Uh, I know this has gotten some, uh, I guess, popularity here over the last day or so with the. Uh, the field conditions. Yeah, the turf was not terrible. Not good. But the thing is, is it, was for, it, didn't, it affected both teams, yeah. right? So it was just like it affected both teams pretty badly there. Um, but, yeah, no, that field for a Super Bowl was so disappointing. Like, you can't have what was happening there happen. Like, obviously it was affecting both teams, but I was seeing everyone slip on defense, which is why you were seeing a lot of those big plays is because so many defensive linemen were slipping and linebackers were just slipping completely out of the play, which can't happen in a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. What do you think of uh, the Chiefs and Mahomes now? I mean, two Super Bowls in five years. I mean, hey, and how many have they been to? Four in the last like five? Three. Have they been, to th- they've been to three in the last five? Like, Dynasty? Could we say it now? Can we officially yeah, say insane. that this is officially a dynasty? I mean, like, <clears throat> Mahomes is in conversation for top five of all time. Already. And Already. In his fifth year. Well, going into the sixth year. Going into the sixth year. Mahomes is in contention for his top five. Yeah. In five years, he has two MVPs, two Super Bowl MVPs, two Super Bowls, and has made a four AFC Championship games. Five. Five AFC Championship and, games. And they're all at home. Yeah. Like... He's been the best player on the field for the last five years. Should probably have won MVP almost every one of those years. Um, and the Chiefs have just been dominant. Like, like Andy Reid obviously is a lot to that. Andy Reid's one of the best coaches to ever do it at this point. But, yes. like, Mahomes is in conversation for top five. Like, to me, like, he's already up there. What he's doing is something we've never seen before since Brady. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it is. That's what's happening right now. Since Brady and Mahomes are doing exactly what Bill Belichick and Brady did 23 years ago. Um, What do you take away from this Eagles season now? You know, obviously, NFC champions. You can't be upset about this. This is an incredible season. Your team is very young. You're losing a very little pieces. Hurts is the man. He's a top five QB in my opinion. Wow. I have him ranked number five. Okay. I have him jumping Trevor Lawrence because of this performance. Um, and then I think he's a top five QB. You're going to pay him a lot. Your old line is pretty much set. I don't know if Kelsey retires. Yeah. There's a chance Kelsey might retire, which might. if that happens, 
I yeah. think you guys are still set though because you have yeah, Cam Jurgens waiting in the wing, and I think he's Kelsey's guy. That's the guy Kelsey wanted to replace him. So I think you guys are gonna be okay there, but it's still gonna be a huge loss obviously because I think Jurgens will need a learning curve for a bit. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know if Jurgens will be an All Pro or a Pro Bowler in his first year, but you might have to give him like two years before he becomes like a really good player. But I think you'll have that right. Your defense might be losing some pieces there, but right now from what I'm seeing. Your team is in incredible shape to contend for a while. Your conference doesn't look good. No. I mean, the Giants are even rising, but, like, they need yeah, a lot. They're not, they're they not need a lot. lot. Yeah, they got the Commanders, they're there. I mean, they have maybe a QB. I don't know what happens they're here. Um, if the, They might get Eric Bami, though, as an OC, which would be a huge pickup for them. Washington. Yeah, that he's the favorite now to go to Washington because he was either going to go take the head coaching job in Indianapolis or he was the favorite to get the OC job in Washington. Mm. Um, so why, would I wanna, th- why would he want a Washington job? Because he actually gets to be do the play calling duties. Oh, yeah. Sure. Because in Kansas City, he doesn't get to do play calling, which people think is the main reason why he's not getting a head coaching job. I disagree. But that's that's a main that's a main concern of that enemy is because he's not calling plays. He'll call plays in Washington. If Washington succeeds under him, he'll get a coaching job immediately, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how you about, about Washington, I think, because I think Bianami is the real deal. And so I think that he has a chance to turn that offense around really fast. Um, but your division isn't great. The Cowboys, to me, aren't great. I'm sorry. I'm not sold on the Cowboys. They're going to do the same thing they do every year. You're in a great position to win that division for three, four straight years. hope so. So... I think your team's in great position, and easily Jalen Hurts is the easily top QB in the NFC. It's not even close. Yeah. There's no other competition in the NFC right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's huge for you. So I think, I, I I think Eagles. I really do believe they'll at least make it to the NFC Championship next year, if not Super Bowl. Like I don't know what they'll, what the next year will happen, but I do believe they'll make it to the NFC Championship. I'm calling that right now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, obviously, from Eagles fan perspective, it's disappointing we didn't win, obviously. Um, especially because my, uh, my girlfriend's cousin could have had a free wedding out of this, which kind of... Yeah, they were offering, if, if the Eagles won the Super Bowl, it's that she would have had a free wedding. Wow. It would have been insane, but to no avail. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, it's... It's tough, I think, because it felt like we were going to win. It felt like we should have won, and we didn't. Um, you know, this came down to a couple plays by the Chiefs. I think they just, you know, made I Like I said last week, I think it, it was going to come down to one play on either side, and the, and the Mahomes and the Chiefs made them, and we didn't in the and second hey, half. Who knows what would have happened if you guys were got the ball, ball back with a minute yeah. 30 to go in that yeah. game. But – you guys could have done a lot more to set yourself up where it didn't come down to that situation. Yeah, all you had to do is stop him like one time in that yep. second half. And they you guys could have done so much more. You could have gotten a sack. You could have gotten a stop. A fumble, I don't know what pick. they're. Yeah, I don't know if you have the stat. I don't have the stat. But what the, the Chiefs' third down conversion percentage? It was probably ridiculous. It, I think it was so high. And oh. the first and second downs, they were getting. They had like no third and longs. Like, they yeah, had, like, maybe, like, one or two third and longs. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. Pacheco's running all of you. 
Like, that's just a defensive breakdown. Like, there's nothing else that can be said about it. Like, and so I just, like, Jonathan Gannon, we'll see what happens to him. But I hope he goes to Arizona. I'm, I'm about had enough of him. Yeah, no. I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, no, it was your defense's fault. And there's no other fault to put on besides your yeah. defense's. Yeah, I'm trying to find the stats here. Kind of hard to find. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, if you would have told me going into the season we would have been playing in the Super Bowl with a good chance to win, I would have taken that. Um, you know, I thought we were going to be like a divisional round, you know, type of team. Um, and, you know, to, to have the season we did, we were about 13-1 and one at one point. Um, and you know, won the division, got the number one seed, destroyed the Giants and Forty Niners in the playoffs, narrowly missed out on this game. Um, that's yeah. a winning season for you guys. You guys won. You guys, that was a winning season. Mm-hmm. You guys weren't supposed to be anywhere near the Super Bowl this season. Yeah. You guys supposed to have a great. You guys probably supposed to win the NFC East, but you weren't considered to be anywhere near a Super Bowl contender. Like, that's a win for this season. And you're so young and have so many opportunities to go back. Yoli back. Howie Roseman's an incredible GM. He'll get you guys a player. He'll get you guys. He knows what you need to fill. You guys have a two picks in the first round. You'll fill those spots. Mm-hmm. So, I just. Eagles fans should not be upset right now with how their team played. Their team had an incredible season. Jalen Hurts had an incredible season. Like, if Jalen Hurts had a absolute blunder of a game and a terrible game, I'd be worried as Eagles fans. I'd be making sit, like I'd be a little upset. Yeah. But like Jalen Hurts played his heart out and showed you guys that he is the franchise QB of this team. He is the franchise QB. So like this to me feels like a perfect this to me feels like a a great way to end it's not a great way to end it obviously, but like it feels like this season was a perfect run for you. This is perfect for you guys because mm-hmm. you set yourself up for a long time to contend. Kind of reminds me of uh, North Carolina when they remember when they lost to Nova in 2016. Yeah. And the next year they came right back and won it all. So. Yeah, yeah. Be interesting to see if Eagles can do something like that. I I would not be surprised, although you know it's it, the the sh- the rarity of like a team that lost the Super Bowl coming back and winning. It's tough in the NFL. It's very tough to do in the NFL. We'll yeah. say that. Like, that's why I said NFC Championship to me was kind of where I thought you guys would go. Yeah. I'm like, it's so rare that you see a team like watch, like um, like the Niners lost Super Bowl to the Chiefs not that long ago, and yeah. they had a blunder the next year. The Bengals were like one of the few teams that have done like a really good job. Like, like I said though, they made it to the AFC Championship but didn't make it back to the Super yeah. Bowl. It's so hard to make it back to the Super Bowl two yeah. years in a row, especially after losing it. So, I get, like, even look at a team like, I don't know, look at teams like in the NFC Championship game, like 2017, the Jaguars and the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Both had incredible seasons, both lost in their championship games, but projected to be good for a very long time, and both missed the playoffs, like, the next three years. Yeah. Um... So, I'm not saying that'll happen to you, but I'm just saying it's so hard to make it back to the Super Bowl. That's why I say NFC Championship game, but your team will be good for a very long time. Like, your team's going to be competing. Your team will make the playoffs for four or five years in a row. Mm-hmm. 
Um, yeah, Chiefs on third down were four for eight. It's actually less than I thought. Eagles are eleven for eighteen. I'm guessing they didn't, that just that uh, that means they didn't have a lot of first down, third downs, which is insane. No. Yeah, when when Bucker made that field goal, man, oh, I went. Well, when we when they called that flag, I knew it was over. I'm like, and you get that feeling. It, I mean, just such an empty feeling. You're just like, wow, <laughs> it's it's tough. <laughs> you go all the way there, and you don't not able to pull it off. Yeah, no, that that one penalty. Yeah, because I'm looking at the clock, and I'm like, okay, the Chiefs get yards here, right? Obviously, you have a chance to take this thing down to, what was it, 50 seconds, I think, of the Chiefs get yards here? Um, when? What? When? Uh, before the penalty. Like, if the Chiefs, on that on that third down play, if the Chiefs yes. gained yards, yeah. you could take it down yeah. to, like, 50 seconds. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Kick a field goal and give you 50 seconds to go. Yeah. They passed it incomplete. I'm like, that's a minute 30 seconds. You're giving a really hot Eagles offense right mm. now. And then you see the flag. And you see James Bradbury get upset. And, like, he knows it's on him. Because he knew he held, obviously. Yeah. But, like, yeah, you could feel, like, like, obviously I was with Colin Proctor in my room. And you could just see Colin's face, like, very upset. Like, you could tell, like, obviously I can't say the words. He probably said a lot on this game. But he was, (laughs) you could tell this was, like, you could tell how much the feeling of, just ups the feeling, just that the excitement go away. I'm trying to think. The Chiefs beat the Niners. Was that? Yeah, that was a year. Was that the year after? Before? No, that was that was my our freshman year, right? Since sophomore year, they played the Bucks, right, and they got destroyed. Uh, because they lost the pay- They lost to the. Patriots in the year in Mahomes' first year, they lost to the Patriots in the AFC Championship. Mm-hmm. Won the next year, won the beat the Niners, lost to the Bucks in the Super Bowl. I want to say the next year, mm-hmm. and then lost to the Bengals in the AFC Championship. In the AFC Championship, and then just won it here. Yeah. So they've been to three in the last five, five AFC Championships in a row. It's ridiculous. Not this. T- also and I, I do believe they'll be back next year, obviously. So Also another stat that's incredible. Andy Reid off of a bye. Guess what his record is? In 33 games. I'm going to say like 32-1. and one. That's a little high. 29-4. Okay. I, I knew it would be high based yeah. on if you were telling me the stat. Yeah. But that's yeah, insane. No. And here's the thing. I know Eagles fans. I know, like, Andy Reid on the Eagles obviously had that connection, right? There's that connection of Andy Reid and the Eagles. I'm not sure exactly, like, the relationship between Andy Reid and the Eagles, but, like, I know there's that connection. So that – this probably meant a lot to him as well, winning this one. Yeah. Um, that he could never do here. Yep. And now he has two of them there. <laughs> yep. Um. But, hey, I will say I think – I think Nick Sirianni's going to be a very good coach for a very long time. I hope so. His offense looks incredible. Um, they need some better defense. Shane Steichen, obviously, leaving could be a big loss for you, depending on who you fill that spot with. Mm-hmm. Because Shane Steichen, obviously, was a key part of what made that run successful. There's a reason he got a head coaching gig immediately. Um, 
but I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. But Nick Sirianni, uh, I thought he did really well tonight. Although I will say that one moment that I saw where he like waved the Chiefs back on that challenge flag, he like you could see seeing waving in the sidelines, waving the Chiefs players to come back to the line of where where the original like because they called it a catch where the catch was made because the Chiefs had walked back to the original line of scrimmage and he like waved him back and Jalen Hurts was like stop it don't make a fool of yourself here yeah. and then they called the reverse the call and it was an incomplete wow and I'm like I saw that play I'm like just calm down Nick calm down yeah. like like you could have fun obviously but like don't embarrass yourself like yeah, really. that like like be a little smarter be like be like a little smarter there but no Nick was incredible Nick's been an incredible coach you guys for a while we got a commercial. Probably. Yeah, we got to take a commercial in a minute or two. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think overall, great season. You know, obviously, it's going to be tough for a little bit here to swallow this one. But, um, I mean, you, you would have said we would have took the Chiefs down to the last play in the Super Bowl. I would have taken that before this season, um, definitely. I mean, so you had a breakout year from Jalen Hurts. No one can question that he's – if he's the guy, he's clearly the guy. He's going to get paid a lot of money in the offseason. Uh, the only thing that sucks, though, is that our team's not going to be as complete. Uh, this roster is not going to be as good as this roster is for a while. Yeah, no. Because you're going to um, have to put a lot more resources into your Jalen Hurts, that's going to be a lot. And you're in other linemen. Like, isn't, is Lane Johnson up for contract soon? I don't know. I have to look. I think – I'm not sure you're lineman, but um, – also, one last thing before we go to break quick. Can we just make a quick – what happened on that Hail Mary? <laughs> I don't know what that was. I was just so depressed at that point. I, I knew it was over that I didn't really even like – Yeah, I fair. thought they were going to do a hook and ladder because I don't I know why. I thought they why. were too. But then he like throws it deep and it lands like 30 yards shorter than yours. Yeah, I don't, know, receiver. What, I'm I don't like, know what he was doing. What was called there? Yeah, I don't know. I think when I looked closer, he might have stepped on Jason Kelsey's foot. Mm. On, like, the follow-through, he might have stepped on Jason Kelsey's foot, which didn't allow him to get the full torque of it. Yeah. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, that's a good That's a good point. Um, maybe we'll take that to break, come back. History was made here on Saturday. It was. On the flip side. Sports takes a Jake. 89.1, the roar. WXEU is celebrating Black History Month. We're proud to promote events happening to honor Black history throughout the month of February at Villanova. The prestigious Epsilon Tau chapter of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority presents a Black Love photo shoot Tuesday, February 14th at the Art Gallery inside the Connolly Center from 3 to 6 p.m. For more information on Villanova Black History Month events, the Villanova Office of Intercultural Affairs can be reached via email at interculturalaffairs at villanova.edu. WXEU is celebrating Black History Month. We're proud to promote events happening to honor Black history throughout the month of February at Villanova. The Office of Intercultural Affairs and Villanova Public Safety present an OIA coffee chat Wednesday, February 15th at the Intercultural Lounge inside Doherty Hall from 2 to 3 p.m. For more information on Villanova Black History Month events, the Villanova Office of Intercultural Affairs can be reached via email at interculturalaffairs at villanova.edu. 
And on to some more uh, better news here uh, on the show. Um, Matty Segris, an unbelievable game here uh, on Saturday. A career-high 50 points against the Seton Hall Pirates at the Finneran Pavilion. Uh, unbelievable. I mean, I I was doing work in the library, and Zach, I saw he called me, so I called him back a bit later on, and you told me that. I'm like, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> like, like, I mean, like, everything that could go right for the Wildcats and everything that could go right for Seagrist just went right. She was making everything. And, I mean, it just got to the point where, like, she would drive and just chuck up a shot and it would fall. Mm. Um, but, no. As I said, history was, as Jacob said, history was made. A bunch of records went down in this game due to Seagrass' performance. Um, first and foremost, early in the game, Seagrass became only the second Villanovan player to reach 1,000 career rebounds. That's impressive. Early in the game. Um, and then later on in the game, she broke Villanova's single-game scoring record mm. when she got to 42. Mm. When she got to 43, she broke the Big East all-single-game uh, scoring record. Um, and then by the end of it, she had broken um, Villan- uh, not Villanova's, the Big East single-game field goal record with 20. She had 20 field goals in that game. Mm-hmm. So she had broken that record. She had tied Villanova's single game field goal record because Shelly Pennefather also made 20 at one point mm. back before Nova's women's was in the Big East. Um, and then finally, the big thing she broke was she became the Big East all time leading scorer in a career. Mm. Um, I forget who she passed, but she made it over the amount and she became the Big East all time leading scorer after that 50 point performance. It was absolutely incredible. Um, players and fans were going absolutely crazy. How As I said, we got to 99 points. How was the uh, – was there a decent crowd there? Not really. Uh, the student section was empty, but the actual – like the fans were like there. The student section was absolutely empty. There was like 10, there was, like, 10 people in the student section. Do you anticipate – well, we'll get to that a little bit later. Um, Seton Hall was not a shabby team. 15-9, and 8-6 and six in the Big East. No, they're really – they're a good team. And – Maddie just single-handedly destroyed them. I mean, yeah. I mean, Seton Hall had 65 points, and Seagrass had 50. Yeah, and Villanova finished with 99. Just short of 100. When, and just for uh, news, we did have the 100, and they called a moving screen on the last basket. Oh. And the ball got in the net, and they're like moving screen and, and called an offensive foul. Mm-hmm. So we would have had 100 there, but unfortunately... No dice. Yeah, I mean, it's actually a close game here. Brooke Mullen hits a, a three to put Nova up 30-25 to 25, um, in the second quarter. It was just f- about four minutes to go in the first half. Um, and then uh, there's a, an interesting scene where uh, there's consecutive technical fouls called in Seton Hall, which gave Villanova six free throws. Yeah, so what happened was <laughs> was it was a foul call on the shot. Yeah. And then the coach got really upset, threw a fit. And the girl that got the foul got really upset and threw a fit. Wow. Both got called for technicals. Um, and then 
we also got the free throws. So Maddie shot four free throws. She made three of them. And then I believe it was Brooke Mullen or no, it wasn't Brooke Mullen. It was uh, Maddie Burke mm. that shot the uh, got called for the foul, and so she took the other two free throws, and made both of them. Mm. So it was like a five point play right there, and it was a huge play in the game because it got the coach uh, to really quiet down a bit and get upset, and then the players also. It was, it was a it was a really critical point in the game that completely changed the momentum of the game. Yeah, Villanova went up forty four twenty eight at halftime. Um, they went, they went up. They opened up the second half with a 7-0 run. Um, Maddie Seeger scored 15 of the Villanova's 21 points in the third quarter, and then in the fourth she scored 13. So she had 34 in the second half. Yeah. No. And what happened really was was you could tell we were getting closer to that record, and you could tell we were getting very close to the record, and so um, Denise kept Maddie in the game. Uh Denise Dunn kept Maddie in the game for as long as she possibly could. Mm-hmm. And Maddie just really took the ball and just kept taking points. Like, there was a lot of selfish ball almost by Maddie yeah. Segrist there. But um, because there's a lot of times, like, on fast breaks, it was like a two-on-one. And Maddie just took it herself and got the bucket. Um, but when everything's going in for you, everything's going in for you. And so she was just taking shots that really seemed like they shouldn't be taken. And they were just going in. Um, um, yeah. Seager said, maybe some days it's just your day. That's how she summed up. And that, it was just her day. I'm not going to lie. No, she's not wrong. She was absolutely dominant in that game. She also says, I wouldn't be the player I am without my teammates. I wouldn't be anywhere without them. Yeah, I mean, they were feeding her a lot. Lucy had a pretty down day for Lucy. Um, but other than that, like, Mullen had a really good game with eight. Uh, Dulce had eight. And then... uh. Maddie Burke had 12, but zero threes. Wow. Which is unheard of That's, for Maddie Burke. So six twos. Um, yeah. Well, actually, most of them were free throws, oh, I think. Oh, free throws. Okay. It was six free throws made three field goals. Mm. So, yeah. It was pretty incredible watching her kind of go inside and actually work the paint a bit. What about uh, coming up now? We have St. John's on the road on, what did you say, Tuesday? Wednesday? Yeah. Uh, St. John's isn't really a great team. It's kind of a, like, I, I honestly like. Obviously, I'm not gonna look over it. Obviously, because it's you always don't want to. You always here for that trap game, right? But I don't think it's really that big a game to be worried about. We should beat them by like 30 almost probably. Um, and I think it's really just kind of a break game before UConn, um, because obviously that's a big game that we're worried about. But St. John's is a decent team. You know, they may be able to throw a couple points at us, but their team is just is not built to compete with us unless we have a bad scoring night. What are your early thoughts on Connecticut? Also, you'll be there to comment. Yeah. By the way, uh, tune in WXVU 89.1 The Roar. Tune in app. Also WXVU.com or WXVU.org. Um, you can uh, find the stream there. February 18th. Yes. 2.30 uh, tip. You'll be on what? 2.15? Yeah. Me and Anders, me and Anders Pryor, who is also works here in the Villanova, me and him will be on the call on Saturday at two thirty, and it will actually be on Fox as well for anyone who wants to watch yeah. on TV. It's gonna be on the actual main Fox channel, which is insane. It's gonna be so awesome, and obviously it's a lottery game for us. So we're hoping the crowd's pretty packed. We're hoping it's gonna be a big crowd on that game. Uh, obviously, uh, the man to my left here will not be there because he has some more important things to deal with. Yes. Um, that. Uh, maybe have the that maybe rhyme with rhyme with uh, 
I can't think of a rhyme for Carrie Underwood, but yeah. <laughs> and and Valentine's Day weekend. This is Valentine's Day weekend. No, I know, but I'm celebrating it next weekend. Fair. Okay. Well, cause I'm, I'll be, you up, were just I'll be up there. Fair. Um, I'm, c- I'm celebrating it two weekends in a row. How about that? She was down here this weekend with her roommates. So yeah, fair, fair, fair. We're celebrating two weekends in a row. Okay, sure. Okay. Um, yeah, no, but anyway, so I'll be calling get calling the game with Anders. Please tune in. Yes, we're excited yeah, yeah. to we're excited to do this. It's gonna be the biggest game of the year. Um, obviously, for those of you who do not know, Villanova just moved up to 14th in the rankings, yes. and finally in the uh, ESPN bracketology. They finally were given a four seed after being mm-hmm. six for a very long time. Yep. They moved up to four, which means if the season ended today, they would host two home games yes. in March Madness, yep. which would be absolutely incredible and a couple of really incredible games. Mm-hmm. That would be huge. We'd have two more games to commentate then at that point. Yes, we would. Um, do you think we beat UConn this time around? I do. I... Uh, UConn's looked very bad recent weeks, like like we lost said. Lost Marquette by seven. They lost. They've lost two in a row for the first time since like 2003. Wow. Um, UConn has never lost a game. Lost two games in a row since 2003. They lost to number one overall South Carolina by four, and then they lost to Marquette in a shocker by seven. The UConn team is very, 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 very low on depth. They only have six guys on their entire six rows on their entire roster. Why? Um, that play. Um. It, they're all hurt. Their entire team's hurt. He said most of their stars are hurt. So mm. they only have six girls that actually play. Mm. Um, and it's been a very rough going for UConn. So we have so many pe- depth. We have so much depth that we aren't worried about fouls. They're very worried about fouls because they only have a six-person yeah. rotation. We have so, a rotation. And obviously, so that means they can't play Seagrass as hard, as hard as they probably want because they have to be very care- careful on the fouls. Mm-hmm. Um. So we have a eight girl rotation at this point. Uh. So that's a huge thing to have at this time of the season. We have five girls that can easily get over ten points. Mm-hmm. Um. So at this point, I actually do believe we will be UConn, and if we do, we'll be a top ten team in the country. We'll be a top eight team in the country probably. Wow. We'll jump a lot. So and there's a chance we're a three or two seed. So that'd be amazing. That would be awesome. So anyway. I'm very excited for that. That'll be a fun game. That'll be on Fox, but it'll also be on Jacob. You want to take over what what it will be on the radio? Yeah, just one uh, more time. Yeah, WXVU eighty nine point one, the Roar. If you're local, uh, WXVU dot org. Uh, you could just uh, I think it, I think there's a tab up on top that says Listen, or you could go on the Tune In app and type in WXVU and it will show up. Right there, you can hear the wonderful voice of T- Mr. Zach Tipton and Anders. Absolutely. Prior. I'll be uh, taking a lot of Jacob tips here. I'll be taking a lot of tips from Jacob on how to do a play I play. Yeah, and then uh, I think we have the 21st and 24th, I believe. That yes, it is. DePaul and Providence back to back on the 21st and 24th. Um, should be two fun games to watch. Honestly, neither of those teams are really that competitive this year. But obviously, it's gonna be a really fun DePaul's game to be a part okay. of. DePaul is usually okay, but this year they're having a kind of a rougher year hmm. uh, in terms of that. But um, no, this will be a really good game to watch. Um, both will, and so we'd love to have you guys tune in as well for those because obviously, um, you know, we're excited to bring you women's basketball coverage for the first yes. time in a WXVU history. And honestly, 
Um, we'd love to have you guys tune in. Tune into this team that is playing way better than the men's team is playing right now. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'd rather really hope. Yeah, DePaul's thirteen and twelve. Um, they're six and eight in conference this year. Yes, they're not that great. Um, but yeah, no. So just please tune in. Love to have you support the women's team a bit. Um, because obviously right now they're way too much fun to watch at this point. So, um, we're going to have a good time with that. Hopefully this team makes a run in March Madness with how they're playing. So it's a quick break here. Come back, talk about the men's team who got a scrappy win on Saturday night at Wells Fargo. Has had two wins in a row. That's, I didn't think we'd be saying that a couple weeks ago, but all that after the break here in uh sports, HJ 89.1 WXVU, the roar. Um, WXVU is proud to announce that we were nominated for five different 2023-2022-2023 IBS, which is also known as the International Collegiate Broadcasting System Media Awards, including Best Overall Station. It is because of listeners like you that this kind of recognition was possible. The winners will be announced at the IBS conference in the Big Apple, New York City, later this month. Full details are available at WXVU. Dot org. Got the Sunday scaries? Relax with Sonic Bliss every Sunday at 10 p.m. Sonic Bliss is designed to help you unwind with three hours of trip hop, dream pop, acoustic, ambient, and world grooves. No, it's not a love song show. But if you want to make out to it, that's fine. Chill out with Sonic Bliss Sundays at 10 p.m. on V89.1. The Roar. Trust me, I did not write that. I'm just reading off this, the white cards. But anyway, um, get back to our regularly scheduled programming here. Um, and I mean, I guess as the promo says, feel free to make out to this show too, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, um, but Villanova here, uh, really, I think almost like a prototype, prototype Villanova what we're used to seeing type of game, a scrappy, defensive, low-scoring, uh, grind-it-out type of win here over a Big East opponent. 58-54, your final from Philadelphia, the Wells Fargo Center. Uh, a win is a win, right, Zach? A win is a win. I don't think it was low-scoring on purpose. I'm no, going to be completely no, honest with you. No. None uh, of our shots were falling a early. Shots. A lot of missed shots. Uh, but, uh, no, this is a fun game to watch. You know, it was close. It was down to the wire like every Villanova team is. But, hey, we actually won at the end. We tried to let them come back towards the end a bit there. I know uh, me and me and uh, the rest of the friends were uh, starting to chant go back to New Jersey a bit too early. Ooh. And then they started coming back and yeah, got a little nervous. So, um, no, you know, it was, uh, it was a great game there. Uh, again, like I said, they came back. But Villanova fought hard in this game. Villanova really put, the, put, put on the um, – Put on the burners at the end, pulled away there to a point where it was impossible for St. John St. Hall to come back, um, despite them trying very hard to. Uh, going up by 10 or 15 seconds to go is what basically I mean by that. Um, but yeah, third time of season the Villanova's held an opponent to 55 or 54 fewer points, um, and the lowest coming in the game that we saw at the Garden, where St. John's only had 49 points. Um, Villanova goes to 12 and 13, 6 and 8 in Big East play. Eric Dixon really led the Cats here in this one. 19 points, six boards. Dan Caleb Daniels, 18 points, five rebounds. Uh, Whitmore had 12. 
Uh, Longina also made his return for Villanova after with a hamstring injury after nine games. Uh, and as usual, did absolutely nothing. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, Caleb Daniels crossed the 1,000-point mark in his Villanova career. Yeah, good, good claps for him. Uh, considering he came in, actually had to sit a year, unlike now, where you, ha- you can play right away. He, he had to wait a year. That was our freshman year. He couldn't play. Mm-hmm. And then he came in our sophomore year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's made the most of it. No, he has. He's established himself as the leader of our team, as the guy we kind of, you know, give the ball to in a situation, except when it's the final play and we give it to Dixon for a fadeaway. But, um, no, other than that, like, hey, it was a really good win for Villanova. Caleb Daniels, congratulations to you. I mean, the 1,000-point mark we saw coming, we found out before the game, he needed like 16 to do it. I think he got 18. So congrats to you. Dixon, I think more in the first half, looked like unstoppable than he did in the second half. Um, less three-point shots, which is fantastic to see, considering that's what we were kind of giving uh, in Neptune a bit of a bit of, <laughs> bit of crap for uh, the last show. I'm sorry. Can, we, can, I, can I interject here? The offense, I mean, I, look, I was sitting with my mom, my dad, Emily's mom, Emily, Christina, my brother, his roommate, Alex. Dude, I'm telling you, man, like every possession, this offense looks the same, stagnant, just throwing the ball beyond the the ball line. It's just ridiculous. We don't move at all. No one cuts. so boring, dude. No one cuts. It's so bad. And we have to have one person that like drives in and makes like, takes like 10 dribbles of like small dribbles trying to post somebody back up and then takes a weird shot like yeah. we never really get a good shot no and it's just like i want a villanova team that i recognize and yeah, this is not it this. i mean i want a point guard that can actually go in and drive in and make like a really nice layup yeah. like i want i want and i want justin moore to figure out what is going wrong right now because one point ain't gonna cut it um yeah, one point in this game one free throw, wow. and he missed a lot more free throws than that. So, <laughs> um, he went one for four from the line. Yikes! Oh for, um, oh for four from the field. Oof! Oh for two from three. Um, that's rough. Yeah, no, it wasn't pretty. Uh, Cam, obviously, we had three guys in double digits with Cam getting twelve. Uh, Cam honestly looked okay in this game. I wasn't that impressed with him as well. He never yeah, really got that. He's never really that impressive. Um, but it just was like Slater hits out like one crucial three every game, but it's just like um, he didn't make a three in this game though. I don't know where I thought I saw him make one earlier, but maybe I'm wrong. But again, like Mark Armstrong doesn't do anything. Jordan Longino zero. Housen never really took a shot this game either. No. And Chris Archon, that's three guys that played. That's three guys that played a combined 26 minutes and never took a shot. That's weird. Um, in 26 minutes, three guys played and never took a shot. Um, and technically, you include Mark, who only took two shots. That's 34. That's four. That's 46 minutes of no shots, of two shots combined. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't have that. You're real. That's all five starters that basically are taking all the shots. Mm-hmm. Where's our depth? Where's this depth that Villanova's always seemed to have? We've always had a sixth man. We've always had a seventh man. Where is it? I don't see it. Um, it's not there. 
again, like, I just, I don't know. It's just, it's so bad. It's like, like, oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. When Dixon and Daniels, I don't know if you saw this, but, like, midway through the first yeah, half. they had all our points. They had, like, a combined 25 points, and Villanova had 25 points. Villanova um, had 27 points. Daniels and Dixon had 24 of them. Yeah, and I think the one three belonged to, like, Cam, I think, made a three. Yeah. Um, But it was just, like, it was, like, can anyone else score for us? <laughs> I mean, Dixon and Daniels took a combined 20, 29 shots. It's a lot. Our entire team took 49. It just was, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's so bad. This offense is so bad. Um, Yeah, in the second half... Uh, Villanova seven zero run and then put their up to thirteen. Uh, Villanova missed a nine straight field goal attempts, and the Seton Hall went on a ten zero run that cut the lead down to three. Um, this is a game of flo- runs in the second half. Um, because then the Villanova went on a fifteen two run, then Seton Hall went on an eight zero run to cut the lead down to six. But then uh, Villanova ultimately hung on and won. Uh, now we have Butler coming up tomorrow at the Finn. My heart's breaking on Valentine's Day. Senior night already for us. Last ever game with the Finn for uh, for men, anyway. That's that's insane. That's crazy. I don't like it. I don't, I don't like, like it that. either, man. I don't like that. I'm gonna cry tomorrow. I know it. Um, oh. I will be sway. I will be swag surfing very hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but this can be a very sad situation. It's gonna yes. be a very sad day. All senior. I think it's gonna be all seniors there tomorrow, right? Pretty it's not much. all seniors, but but every senior that applied got a ticket. Yeah. So there should be a lot of seniors there. It'll be mostly seniors, yes. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be an interesting. I I what do we think of? I think we're gonna beat. We're uh, ten and a half point favorites tomorrow over Butler. In this game, but we lost him by eight last time at. But that was also at Hinkle. The the then the Hinkle, Hinkle Kurt, magic. The Hinkle magic just never works in our favor. So, I think we beat Butler tomorrow. But I don't agree with the ten and a half because we never beat anyone by ten and a half. So, yeah. Yeah. Unless th- your name is DePaul. Um. The uh, Butler Bulldogs have. Lost five straight since their win against us. They've averaged only fifty three point four points per game. Um, but then they got a couple of home wins where they beat St. John's, and then they they beat Xavier. Oh, did you see that goaltending call that they made at the end of that game? The end of what game? Butler and Xavier. I definitely did not watch that game. No, it was at the end. So the the uh, Butler guys going up looked like it was a clean. It could have been, could have, could have not been a clean block, but they called it a goaltend against Xavier and gave Butler a two point win. Well, but Xavier goes down. Butler's three nine away or a neutral site. Um, Butler ranks three hundred thirty second in bench minutes. Manny Bates, um, 
in their two wins, 34 points, 15 to 21 from the field, 10 boards, 7 assists, 8 blocks. Money Bates? What you said? Manny Bates. Oh, Manny Bates. Not a Monty, no, not a Monty Bates. No. I was gonna say, a Monty Bates is on one of those teams. No. He's a six eleven senior. And then six ten senior Jalen Thomas. Um he had eleven points, five six shooting, five boards against Villanova last time. Uh the big guy was Simus. Lucosius, did I say that? 28 points last time against Nova at Hinkle. Uh, yeah, I think you said that right, and that sounds that just that's normal for us. That's normal for Villanova defense. <laughs> uh, what, do, what do you think for this game, though? I'm excited for this game. Obviously, it's senior night, so that's a big part of why I'm excited. But obviously, it's Butler. Mm-hmm. Um, I've grown up as a kid, you know, watching Butler because I, when I was in seventh grade. My best friend moved to Indy and lived like 10 minutes from Butler's campus. And so wow. when I went and visited him, I would, we'd go to Butler and we'd like go to games at Butler and stuff. So I grew up as a kid watching Butler and then also watching, of course, their magical C- Cinderella runs of the of the uh, ter- March Madness tournaments back in like 09, 010. Um, yeah, yeah, with uh, Gordon Hayward. Um, so th- the Butler has a big, has a nice spot in my heart, but obviously I'm cheering hard for uh, Villanova here. But I'm glad to have this last game be against Butler here in the Finn. Um, and obviously, I think Villanova is really. I think Villanova is going to win. But uh, I think Villanova is going to win. I don't think there's a chance Butler wins this game. But again, I never bet on Cal Neptune. So, <laughs> Cal and Neptune, I should say. I think Villanova behind um, behind the ruckus senior crowd will get the job done tomorrow night. Eight o'clock tip, CBS Sports Network, and Friday or not Friday, Saturday afternoon they have twenty-four ranked Providence on the road at the Amp. No, the well, Providence, Providence, Providence. God, that schedule is so rough after that Butler game. Yeah, um, got Providence on the road. Ranked Providence, they ranked have Xavier, Xavier on the road, Creighton, Creighton at, at home, Seton, Seton Hall, Hall on the road, in the road, and then Connecticut. And then Connecticut, yeah, like that's like, that's to me that's four losses. <laughs> like I'm, I like I hate to be the bad guy here, but that's four losses to me. The only thing game I think we actually could win is the Creighton game. Wow. And maybe Seton Hall at Seton Hall, but Seton Hall at Seton Hall, I don't think we win. Um. Like Providence and Xavier are ranked, I don't think we beat them. Mm-hmm. Connecticut's ranked. I again that we that might be a win where it's like end of the season, get us to go ready for March Big East tournament. We win that, and it gets us like a really hype going into the Big East tournament. But like Connecticut destroyed us the last game, mm-hmm. last time we played them. Like they they had their way with us the last time. But obviously Connecticut's not the same team. They've lost like what seven games in an hour or seven. They lost like. Awful. They've been bad. So, like, there's a chance. But, like, I see four losses on the schedule. That could be me just being a very negative Illinois fan right now. But, yeah, like, I be. see four losses on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll take a quick timeout, come back. I want to discuss maybe the wildest PJ Tour event in the whole calendar year, the Phoenix Open. I love it so much. We'll talk about that after the break. Sports takes Jake 89.1, The Roar.
WXEU is celebrating Black History Month. We're proud to promote events happening to honor Black history throughout the month of February at Villanova. The Office for Mission and Ministry presents the Civitas Day Medal Presentation and Lecture, Wednesday, February 15th at 4 p.m. in Driscoll Hall. The recipient will be Dr. Sean Copeland, Professor Emerita, Boston College. For more information on Villanova Black History Month events, the Villanova Office of Intercultural Affairs can be reached via email at interculturalaffairs@villanova.edu. WXEU is celebrating Black History Month. We're proud to promote events happening to honor Black history throughout the month of February at Villanova. The Villanova Program on Intergroup Relations presents Community Conversations, Wednesday, February 22nd from 12 to 1 p.m. in the East Lounge inside Doherty Hall. For more information on Villanova Black History Month events, the Villanova Office of Intercultural Affairs can be reached via email at interculturalaffairs@villanova.edu. And welcome back into Sports Takes with Jake and yeah, WM Phoenix Open's always a uh, rowdy, crazy, uh, fun-filled PGA Tour event, and this had all the names. Uh, one of this the f- always has all the names. The first, well, it's actually the first uh, PGA Tour event. You know how they did the whole kind of restructure of the schedule last year in response yeah. to Live. This is the first uh, ele- event that was elevated from a regular event to elevated status. So. More of the top players are in the field. Like is uh, that like because what you have like a, you have majors, WGCs, and then is that like and then kind of the have next these, like, ones? elevated events? Is that like what like like the Memorial? Like you have, maybe like, players, Palmer. players probably is players more WGC though. Players yeah, that's more, like, that's a different category. That's like, that's like that's basically like, a fifth major. That is a fifth major. Like, well, like we're talking but like, no, like I don't even I don't this know. event, like Jack's event, the Memorial. Uh, I would assume probably one of the events in like the Arnold Palmer Invitational in Florida. Yeah, no. Maybe like the Travelers Championship in Connecticut. Valero, you know, events Texas, like that. Maybe, we'll see. But not um, the, yeah, the Heritage probably as well. RBC Heritage, but RBC Heritage. Yeah, but like maybe. no, you're right. This this event also just is what's good about golf. Like this event is the only event in which non-golf fans probably watch golf and be like, this is why golf is fun. Mm-hmm. This is why golf is awesome, um, and like, how do you not love sixteen, seventeen, eighteen? That final stretch oh. on this course, it's like one of the greatest stretches in golf, not for like difficulty, but just for excitement. Yes, right. And like, number sixteen, obviously there are no hole in ones this year, but like, when there is hole in ones, like, it goes absolutely berserk, and like. I love this event, and, like, I was talking to friends of mine that don't like golf, and I was just telling them, like, this event's not what you think of when you think of golf. No, that's crazy. Um, It's the only event that, like, people line up 4 o'clock in the morning just to, like, get to a golf tournament. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm just watching some of the highlights here. Scheffler buried 16, the, uh, the famous Coliseum Par 3. Nick Taylor, a couple of tough, had a tough whip out, another tough one. But Scotty Scheffler wins this for back-to-back years now. Um, 
It's, it's, I actually forgot about this. This is his first win of his career. It's only a year ago at this event. Yeah. No, this guy This guy has risen to number one overall in the world in one of the quickest paces I've ever seen in my life. So the and, last... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. sorry and, like, what he did last year on the tour of just dominating every event that he played in, and then he comes into this thing, and to be honest... I always call this one, like, the first event of the year. I don't know about you, but, like, obviously you consider Pebble Beach that. But I, like, I think Pebble. I, I, love, I love Pebble. That is fair. But I don't know. Just something about this event is, like, the perfect start to the season to me. Yeah. Um, And, like, you know, I don't, this is always, like, the first time I also see, start seeing, like, Masters commercials come on. And yes. it's like I saw one when we went into Con today. And I'm like, for our dinner, uh, oh, it's time for golf to come back oh. on. And I'm like, it's fantastic. So and now it's like, during Easter break this year, so I'll be able to. Yeah, no, Shuffler's won this back to back now. Like this is like, what he is doing is out 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 of this is insane. And John Rahm, I think is number two. Is who was number was John Rahm number one or was it McIlroy? Right now. No, who was number one before Shepler? Was it McElroy or was it Rom? It might have been McElroy. I don't know. McElroy or Rom. I think it was McElroy. Yes. But McElroy is one. But John Rom also was right there at 14 under. Mm-hmm. Like, he was right there. I was telling you, like, JT, John Rom, Shepler, and Jason Day were four of the top five. Like, that's and names. Spie- and you had Spieth in there. You had Xander You had Spieth Shoffley, at t- T6. Ricky you had Fowler. Xander Shoffley. You had Ricky Fowler. You had Sam Burns, who's been really well good the race select. Mm-hmm. Tyrell, Tyrell Hatton, mm-hmm. like this was a great start to the turn, start to the majors, and this showed you who's maybe gonna put their name in. And we might see a Ricky, we might see a Ricky comeback this year. That'd be nice. That's what I'd love to see. That'd be good for golf. He's it a- would be. He was the face of golf for so long, and he never won a major. And he was the face of golf. Won the players. Yeah, but like it's not a, ma- it's te- not a major. It's, not, it's a fifth major, but like technically never won a major. Remember that year yet. of that twenty fourteen or fifteen when he had like top fives in all the majors or something? Yeah, yeah top fives in all the majors, but so, never won it. It yeah. was like, how close can you get? Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, I'll, I'm a big, I'm a big rookie guy, and I think most people in golf are big rookie guys. It's really hard to hate the guy. Yeah, uh, because he's just so good for the game. Um, his fashion, like all the stuff back when you were kids, you ever wanted. I ever wanted to wear Puma because Ricky was wearing mm-hmm. Puma. Like, yeah, yeah. Sheffler in the last fifty-three weeks. So that's uh, a little bit over a year. Well, a year and one week. Fourteen top tens, twenty-nine million dollars. Uh, number one, two different times for thirty weeks. Um, that's crazy. Um, John Rahm, in his last nine events, has only lost to 19 golfers. That's basically your like top three every event. His worst finish in his last nine starts with a T8 at the Hero World Challenge, which is like a basically just top what 30, 40 golfers that play in Tigers event. Like it's not even like yeah, no, that's insane. I mean, it's just incredible what they do. Um. What he's done, John Rom is so good, and the dude's like a great guy too. Like he's he has he's a hot on the field sometimes, but he's a great like he's a good. He's definitely a likable. He's definitely no, I don't know if he's a likable guy, but he's definitely like a big good face for golf, as well, a good younger face for golf. I've been seeing lately that you know a bunch of those live guys like Bryson DeChambeau is like 112th in the world. DJ's out. DJ Dustin Johnson's outside the top 50. 
Do you think there needs to be like changes to the world ranking system that like, or do you? Th- I mean, I think it's more so that's their own fault because like yeah. they're not playing on the PGA Tour anymore. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. In my opinion, like, like I'm sorry, like live shouldn't be considered part of the WG the World Golf Rankings no. because you're basically only playing with like 16 people in like huge money events. I don't actually don't know how many people are actually in it usually. There's 48. 48. Okay, so I'm wrong. But still, there's no cuts. There's no... No cuts. Like, and the top players in the world are playing with guys that are like 160th in the world that aren't really going to compete with them. Yeah. Like, I I don't see a reason to include the, those events in them. And, hey, the love event's fun. It's fun to watch. But, it's there, but if they want to do that, then they lost their chance of being like, a top player, like top world guys, because they aren't getting world points, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get world points if you stand to live. But you already made your choice, so. And they're not, they're not going to be able. That actually hurts. I was about the other day. That's going to hurt us in the Ryder Cup this year. You're not going to have Bryson. You're not going to have Dustin. You're not going to have. I don't a, think that hurts us. We got Scheffler, JT, uh, Spieth, Shoffley, possibly a good rookie year. You got Tony Finau, obviously that's always there. Possibly um, Sahith Tagala. Seath Tagala, oh maybe, possibly. Um, I mean, you're gonna get you're gonna get like a Kisner. There's and there's guys that didn't play in this tournament that you're gonna get right, but like, like let's. I bet I can find. Let me look at look for the leaders. Let me look at the world rankings. Um, actually, I can't find it right now. But anyway, um, oh, I got world ranking right here. Yeah, you got Scheffler. Cantley. Oh, yeah. I forgot about Cantley. Yeah. Shoffley, JT, Will Zalatoris. Oh, yeah. Will. Colin Morikawa. Yeah. Tony Finau, Max Homa, technically. You got Spieth. And, yeah. That's pretty loaded. Like, that's a low. And, like, who's going to be there for the Brits? Like, you got Rory, Fitzpatrick. Yeah, a lot of the European guys went to live. Yeah, a lot of the world. Yeah. And Ryder Cup is England, though, right? It's uh, Europe. No, President's Cup is Europe. Ryder no, Cup President's is Cup's international. Yeah. Ryder Cup's like all of Europe. Oh, right, right, right. You're right, you're right, right, right. I'm, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. But you got... But still, yeah. So you McElroy, have Rory, John Rahm. Um, Fitzpatrick, Hovland. John Rahm. Yeah, I said Rahm. Oh, yeah. You guys, I was just listening off that. Like, yeah, Hovland. Uh, then you got Shane Lowry, um, Tyrrell Hatt, and Tommy Fleetwood. Seamus Powers technically up there. Mm-hmm. Like that's not as stacked as what no. the men's had, no. um. But no, I'm excited to see this. This will be this will be a great season. Obviously, losing like some of those guys. Um. But anyway, uh. Also, also I know this is I know it's eight ten, but quickly, just quick off golf, quick. Um. It is official. Um. I we already know this for a while, but it's official now. The Raiders have officially cut Derek Carr. Wow. Okay. Um, so what? So so they owe him money, right? They owe him money, but he can't be traded now. So now it's just whoever pays the most money for Derek Carr gets Derek Carr. So he's a basically, free agent. No. he's a free agent. Um, Where do you think he'll land? Uh, Miami. There's a lot of places I think he could land. Um, New York Jets. I Miami. could honestly see like a San Francisco San being an op- opportunity. Wow. I don't think he'll go to San Fran actually, but. I can see the Jets definitely going for him. Um, 
I could see the Panthers possibly going for him, but I think they'll draft somebody. Uh, I don't know. It's really hard to tell. Do you really look at you guys. You guys, you have to really look at a place that maybe doesn't have a high draft pick, but needs a QB. Do you think Jimmy G will go to to Tampa Bay? Derek Carr could go to Tampa. Um, maybe, maybe Jimmy G go to Tampa. I don't know. It's hard to say at this point. I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. I need I need to know who all the QBs are that are looking for spots. I need to look at the teams and figure out what teams need a QB you as think well. Rodgers will go to the Raiders? I could see that. I could also see Rodgers going to the Jets. Falling. Do you think there's any chance he stays in Green Bay? No. There's always a chance. There's always a chance. But to me, I think this seems like the last time. I think this seems it. This seems like it for me. I think Rodgers goes somewhere else. If the Jets are willing to pay that money, they just can have him. What do you think of Tiger playing next week at Riviera, the Genesis Invitational, first time? I'm excited to see him back at his uh, back at his home course. I'm just kidding; it's not his home. Well, actually, he hosted the event. Yeah, he hosted. I'm excited excited to see him back there. You know, it's been a while. You know, it's good to see Tiger back on the floor again. Obviously, back on the course. Hopefully, he's fully healthy. I don't know what his health status is. I think he's fully healthy. Though, I'm assuming. Well, he's, he must be healthy enough because he's playing a PJ Tour event. So. But I'm I'm excited to see what happens here. I'm excited to see him play. You know, it's Tiger. He's the face of golf still, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe not as much anymore as he used to be, right? But, but when he still draws eyes. When Tiger's there, viewers are up. Mm-hmm. When Tiger's competitive, viewers are up. It's so good for golf. You think he'll ever? I mean, we know he had flashes the last couple of years of possibly contending. Do you think he ever? Uh, I don't think so. I really so don't. I, I need to also together. see him. I want to see him play. Me too, yeah. I kind of want to see him play before I make that decision because Tiger can do anything. Mm-hmm. We saw Phil Mickelson play forever, right, and compete forever. But Tiger is one guy that, like, I feel like he's always going to have that competitive drive in him, right? Mm-hmm. He's always going to want to win. So I feel like there's always a chance that he could do something incredible. Like, do we actually think he was ever going to win another Masters when he won that Masters? It's going to be tough, and he, he did it. No, so. I mean, when he won that Masters, did no, we I ever know. think— I, That's what I'm saying. It was going to be tough for him to do, and he did that. So. Yeah, I mean, did we ever th- did we ever think he was actually ever going to do it, though? Did we ever think he was ever going to compete again? No. No, and he won the whole thing. So it's hard to say the whole—it's hard to say it. It's hard to say it, but— when Tiger's good, golf is good. Do you think this will be his final event before the Masters, or do you think he'll try to play one more in between? Uh, I mean, or I guess the players would be in March. If he plays he might play the players, but I guess we'll see. I think he's probably going to give himself a test run here, right? Yeah, we'll he's going to give goes. himself a test run, and I think we'll see. Yeah, because he'll have this event and then possibly the players and the Masters in April, so... Absolutely. Anything else you want to add before we're wrapping up here? Uh, just, hey, tune in. Like I said before, we'll mention it next week, but tune in on the 18th to watch uh, the Villanova women play. Actually, we won't have it before next week. So tune in on the on 18th Saturday. to watch Villanova play. And our next show will be my, will be my birthday show. So I'm very excited oh, about that. Oh, I'll have to sing to you. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely have to do that. Hopefully Nick joins us again. Yeah, Nick uh, kind of bailed us today. He was too sad that the Eagles lost. So was Jacob, but he's here. So, and I'm not too sad. I mean, I ha- you got to come on, win or lose. I mean, you can't. Yeah. I mean, that's just how it goes. Unprofessional. It's an unprofessional move from the guy that usually hits my right over here. Yeah. So, anyway, it was a great show.
Thanks for having me on again, Jacob. I yeah, always love doing this man. with you. Anytime, man. Yeah, we have we love having you on. And today, Eagles note, great season. We know it ended in disappointment, but heck of a season to get all the way to Super Bowl, NFC champions. We found our quarterback. I think we found our coach as well. And uh, you know, I really hope you know, obviously our GM, High Rose, I'm really looking forward to see what he does in the off season and get back here. And by the way, pitching your catches report three days. I'm so hyped. I'm so, so excited. We got spring training to talk about upcoming. Spring training's up coming. I'm going to Fort Myers in March, so I'm excited. Nice man, nice. Yeah, we got we got that as well. And then obviously March Madness coming up as well in March. So that's gonna be a, this gonna be a fun couple of weeks, fun few yes. weeks. Keep tuning in. Love you all. Yes. Have a good night, everyone. And we'll see you back here on Zach's birthday next Monday night. Hell yeah. Have a good night, everyone. Eight Sports Take with Jake. 89.1 The Roar.